You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for November 15th, 2013. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside the final round of the Laura Logan Benghazi 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 fiction writing contest, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. got a book except for laura logan's source he doesn't have a book no more poor captain morgan he's <laughs> gonna have to not he'll have to find money doing something else like being a mercenary perhaps yeah. or planting false stories in in local papers that's that pays well <laughs> i hear ben dominic uh got paid for that <laughs> you know you know the the right wing nut job on the chris hayes show the chris hayes never lays a glove yeah. on for some reason everybody's got a book everybody's got a book because it, mm -hmm. it's the it's holidays. Your, and it's your resume, and it's a way of paying people without paying people. That's right. That's right. Uh -huh. And so you, so you have them on to pimp their book, and they have sell their book, and then that get paid that way. Yeah. And my my book is going to be called The Benghazi Election 2016 Christmas Sweater. Oh. I figured that would really sell. Because it's constantly unraveling? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh. everybody was out pimping their book, and apparently they... There's really no depths to which people will not sink. Some people will not sink to uh, promote their book. Yeah, well, promoting honestly. your book means you get 15 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is on the Today Show. Yes. Like Sarah Palin did. Sarah Palin is out to save about, Christmas. You could just talk about Christmas for one minute and then Obamacare ho, ho. for nine minutes. Ho, ho, ho. He's destroying America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sarah. And they put her on. Yeah, they, they put, put her, her on. on. And gave her why, nine what, minutes to spew lies. You know, who, you know who she you know who beats her though? Uh Doris Kearns Goodwin. Mark Halpern. Mark Halpern. Mark, oh my Mark god. Halpern. Mark Halpern was on for seventeen and a half you, minutes. And you kind of scooped that story. We we have I, I did. to I we have to thank story. Charlie Pierce for linking you yesterday. We do. Charlie Pierce threw me a link and, and, and I very went kind back. words. He was very nice to you. That's lovely. He did. It was very sweet of him, and I, I very much appreciate it, and my traffic just skyrocketed. Did it really? I'm not surprised. Yeah. It just, it went, it went, because that's, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> when you get linked by people who have large media platforms, mm -hmm. uh, one's traffic goes <laughs> way, way, way up. You um, get morning hit wood, as you call I it. I do. Yes. I do, and I, I, I have been blogging now for eight years, which is long enough to know that that will not last. Yeah. That's a day well, thing. but, you know, 20 of those... 3,000 people who read your blog yesterday will come back. That's and yeah. We well, know that's, this from absolutely. Mike's blog roundup. This is what happens. You, you, yeah. you build and, and an audience Mike's this blog, way. And as a brief aside, Mike's blog roundup is the just about the only place on the internet that consistently, at Kirkson Lives, consistently does what blogging used yep. to do, which is link smaller, smaller less, less well-known right, people. Right. And uh, that, that's a built that's baked into Crooks and Liars business plan. It is, and so it's wonderful. It, yeah, it's really cool. But thank you, Charlie Pierce. Yeah, I, I was listening. And I wanted I was... to share a comment from that uh, Charlie yeah. Pierce article. I thought was funny from uh, Mr. Yeah. Green. 
who said that there was a piece of journalism in the Holy Times that made him wonder if McDodo, Friedman Unit, Armister Brooks, and Cardinal Duthat might be working together under an assumed name. It's yeah. all one guy. They, they passed the talking stone. It's your turn to say something stupid. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Here comes Richard Cohen. Everybody be quiet. He's going to really... He's going to just take it to a whole new, new level. level. Yeah. Nope. So Mark Halpern was on uh, on with Glenn, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck's is, show. And, and I think it's important to underscore here. I can't underscore enough. Glenn Beck is insane. Glenn Beck is Alec Jones. Glenn Beck is completely off the fucking rails. And his good friend, Mark Halpern, uh, scraped up all of his NBC, MSNBC, a serious analyst cred, which he should absolutely not have because he is nothing, nothing but a right-wing whore and a hack. That's all he has ever been. And the fact that he keeps getting plugged into major networks to be taken seriously is just – that's why I, I just wash my hands of, of most of the media. It's just such a complete wasteland of talentless hacks who, who are pimping a really clear party line. And – so Halperin, the first thing he says is how deeply honored he is, how honored he is to be on Glenn Beck's show. And he proceeds to basically agree with Glenn Beck's every analysis, starting with – I only listened to the first few minutes, then I just had to turn the radio off because I had arrived where I was going. But it was, yes, Glenn, you're right. There is a democratic slant. There is a liberal bias in the media. And even if some liberal friends of mine balk at that, I tell them, hey, at least half – over half of America – uh, you have no credibility with them. You've lost credibility with them because they believe there's a liberal bias. So, you know, that's But Mark that's tells them every day that there's a liberal yeah. bias. You know why they believe this? Because <laughs> people like fucking Mark Halperin waddle over from where they get all this street cred, all this serious journalist credibility over on MSNBC and NBC, where David Gregory keeps doling out credibility, meet the press credibility on people who absolutely shouldn't have it. And they run across town to their wingnut friends and pop up on their show to pimp their books. And so all all the crazy Uncle Liberties out there can say, see, even Mark Halperin, who's on MSNBC, who's on the liberal MSNBC, says there's a liberal bias. See? Now, crazy Uncle Liberty is never going to change his mind. Yeah, right, right. But all those sheeple, all the sheep-like centrists out there who don't want to believe anything about the conservatives are nuts and the liberals are not. Well, and, and, and I, I want to be a little kinder to the sheeple than you are. And maybe that's because, I'm, as you say, I'm a better person than you. You really are. <laughs> but low information voters or people who yes. are just not uh, obsessively interested in politics. And, and yeah. I just don't have a problem with someone who's got a different set of interests than I do. I don't either. I have no problem with a pe- with somebody who's much more interested in hockey, right, right. stock market, exactly. or astronomy for yeah, that matter. Right. I have a real problem when they when they decide to have a political opinion and in the face of staggeringly overwhelming evidence to the contrary, they keep insisting that both sides are equally terrible and awful because that's not an opinion. That's just freaking laziness. Yes, exactly. That's I am too lazy to figure this out, and, I'm, and I've said this before. And I don't like conflict, I, so therefore like con- both sides have to be equally bad, right. and that way I and, don't have to make a choice. Yeah. And if one side is truly despicable and truly awful, that that obliges me morally to take action in ways I don't want to yeah. do. I don't want to be one of those people that talks about how crazy the, the right is. I don't want to be one of those people that condemns things. I just want to be able to sit back in my hammock and bitch about everybody. 
who isn't me being all screwed up and fucked up and isn't it awful how Washington's all messed up? That's who I want to be because any more effort than that is terrifying and exhausting. So screw it. I'd, I'd much. And so that's why Mark Halpern is so handy because yeah. he will always pop, <laughs> he up, pop to up to say, say both sides to confirm your bias. And so he went on there for 17 and a half minutes oh on a crazy man's yeah. show to pimp his and and Glenn Beck was very complimentary. You know, he doesn't he doesn't allow just anybody on his show. He won't allow people who are just selling things, who are just there to shill things. But there but there's this one guy who gets it right most of the time. <laughs> that man is Mark, Mark Alperin. Mother <laughs> help. Hey Glenn. Can we talk I'm about on. Joe Scarborough on the Daily Show pimping his book? Well, yeah, I tell you what, let's talk about Doris Kearns Goodwin really quick. All right, because there you go. Because she had had her e-ticket to get on the the talk shows on Sunday, didn't she? And that e-ticket is? Both sides do it. (laughs) Both sides. Because she has a book to sell, a Teddy Roosevelt book to sell. It's a history, yeah. Yeah. History book. And she had to to make her appearances on these shows. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that this is sort of soaked into their bones now. They don't need to be reminded Mm -hmm. of this. But it's sort of automatic when you go on these shows. It has to be because I can't think of any other explanation other than they put like a bomb in your head. Yeah. You know, they, they put like that that Tom Cruise Mission Impossible self-destruct oh, module yeah. in your head and say, if you if you if you hint that Republicans are worse than Democrats and, and conservatives are worse than liberals in any way, we will detonate this mm-hmm. thing and you'll croak on the spot. So they must sign some sort of blood pact because Doris Kearns Goodwin got out there. Pimping her book. And, and someone that we would expect better of than this, because she is, yeah. generally speaking, the historian above it all and not yeah, talking well, politics. She's usually talking about some dead president. Yeah. And Lincoln. she can just talk about yeah. dead presidents, you know. And she can avoid the contemporary exactly. issues. Exactly. And avoid expressing an opinion by talking about Lincoln. Right, right. So that's fine. Or, or, or Johnson. That's fine. Or Teddy but Roosevelt, she, which is her new book. Yeah. Okay, great. But she but she decided that she would weigh in on all the terrible stuff that's going on in Washington. And, and you know, she has that little grandma voice and the little grandma approach. And, you know, it's just so sad that, that we're just – we're invested in tearing each other down. You know, the, the, the Republicans are celebrating Obamacare's failure and the Democrats celebrated the government shutdown. And you go, what? And I went, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know of a single fucking Democrat. Name one. I, that's always Any liberal question. anywhere. That's always exactly. That's always the question. Name one. Name one. And I'm not talking about a dead one or an imaginary one that you fantasize yeah. about. I'm talking about a real one who has actual power, who actually celebrated. I can point to lots of liberals and lots of Democrats who are condemning and desperately waving their arms saying, please don't drive the government off the cliff, Republicans. Please don't destroy the world economy. And when they shut the government down, everything liberals warned them would happen happened and liberals said we told you this was going to happen we told you this would be a disaster but to be that grotesquely dishonest with basic observable fact on the part of a historian that you're so desperate not to offend anyone that you will haul my liberal ass out of bed and punch me in front of David Gregory because you need someone to abuse to pretend that both sides are equally bad that's the only thing liberals exist. That's the only way liberals exist in the media these days is as a boogeyman for, for clowns like Doris Kearns Goodwin to haul off and complain about because she can't very well just say the problem, David Gregory, is Republicans are fucking nuts and they're ruining this country because that would be the last book she would ever sell on Meet the Press. And speaking of Meet the Press, the reason we zipped around this was Joe Scarborough appeared in two different places. Mm-hmm. 
and comparing them to each other was fascinating. Yes, it was. David Gregory like versus John Stewart. Yeah, David Gregory versus John Stewart, and then David Gregory um, just blathering about his theories while while the journalist, while David Gregory gave him a hot rock massage. And oh, a, you mean a, Joe Scarborough? You said David Gregory. Yeah, Joe Scarborough's theory about Eisenhower, Link, uh, Reagan, and Nixon. And how he was right all along about Ted Cruz. <laughs> and, and yeah, the hot rock and, massage from David, David Gregory. Gregory was just, just looking up at him like, oh, re- tell me more about your fascinating theories, Joe Scarborough, while I give you a nice pedicure with this pumice stone. Mm-hmm. While you're down there, could you also service my junk? Yeah. Sure, I'd be happy <laughs> to do that. And that was just, that was the journalist, yeah. the, jur- the, the, the most, on the most sort of well-respected for reasons, again, I don't understand, um, Sunday morning, public affairs program, the journalist who's supposed to MC this, just knobbed him, just let him get away with murder. Meanwhile, over on the basic cable comedy show, Jon Stewart actually asked Joe Scarborough questions that you or I or any liberal or any journalist worth anything, any journalist who isn't worried about making his dues to the Chevy Chase Country Club first, who isn't worried yeah. about his stock portfolio before his job, would bother to ask Joe Scarborough. Like, aren't you the guys who invented Ted Cruz? Yep, yep. Isn't the Southern strategy, the you nigger talking about Nixon, I mean, Nixon and Reagan really ran pretty racist campaigns. They pretty, and Scarborough just did what he did. He just sort of nodded and went, yeah, okay, let's talk about Eisenhower. sure. Yeah. Well, he said well, right a lot. Like, right, right. right. Let's but let's talk about Eisenhower some more. Or yeah. the bigger picture is that Reagan and Eisenhower and Nixon won votes from independents, which, first of all, that word just makes me laugh these days. That when I hear the word yeah. independent, I just crack up. And moderates. <laughs> and moderates. And we got to get back to winning votes without discussing policy at all. Right. And as I've said several scary. times on Twitter, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eisenhower, especially Eisenhower, Reagan and Nixon all raised taxes on people like Joe Scarborough yes. to do something called create jobs. Yes. yes. And I, I don't particularly want to get into Joe Scarborough's salary, except to say that no. I was corrected. I thought mm-hmm. that Joe Scarborough stopped paying uh, payroll taxes by Valentine's Day. Yeah, no. Oh no, I was I was so wrong. <laughs> the first he three weeks of January, he's done. Yeah. He, he before has, his New Year's hangover is done. Before his New Year's done. hangover is, is fully cured. He's done paying done taxes. Paying he's been done paying taxes. Taxes. He's yeah. made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars by January twenty first. He makes millions and millions and millions on liberal TV, liberal TV, espousing these bullshit theories about how he was right all along, I'm and not this is something. Hate radio. You know, no. he, he, he just cordons off three presidents and then lies about them yeah. and makes it about the Republican Party winning votes without talking about why they're losing votes. Right. <laughs> and, and his friend, David Gregory, exists to let him get away exactly. with it and pretend that he's actually being interviewed when he's actually being hand jobbed. John Stewart. I think the, the American public is being handjobbed here too. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And and here's the thing: if you look at all, almost all, almost all of the conservative expatriates, all the ones who've been frog marched or kicked out of or or gagged eventually and left the movement yeah. after Quote, spending unquote. twenty yes. to thirty years 
you know, just carrying every ounce of water that re- Republicans, conservatives ask them to do. If you look right across the board, David Frum, David Brooks, Joe Scarborough, uh, Anthony, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Sullivan, um, who's gotten better. I will, I will give him that. But they, they all still have the same, um, they all still have the same spore. There is a moment in their revisionist history when everything went wrong. And that moment happens to coincide with the moment they got kicked out. So before X, whatever date you want on the calendar, everything was great. Conservatism was doing great. Things were cooking along. Everything was fine. And then suddenly I grew disaffected with conservatism and realized something was going horribly wrong. And three weeks later, I'm on a talk show talking about how insightful and wise I am about, you know, uh, several weeks ago, I saw Ted Cruz coming. Yep. You know, Michael Seal. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we saw these guys uh, coming down the pipe a, a while ago. Well, all, first of all, that's a lie. Yes, right. It's a Secondly, lie. <laughs> what you are doing is ripping off liberal critique of conservatism. You are, you are jiggering the calendar around so that you have no blame for anything. It was all cool until you left, and then you left, and the party went crazy, and people started throwing shit out the windows, and suddenly, oh, Ted Cruz showed up, and Sarah Palin showed up, and who the fuck could have predicted that? Well, liberals predicted that for about 30 exactly. years, because yeah. that's the party you built. And that's what John fact- Stewart, that was the little spoonful of oatmeal that John Stewart lobbed at Joe Scarborough yes. and said, this is the truth. And Joe Scarborough right. went, well, you know... Right. Let's get to the yeah. bigger picture, which is I'm here to sell my book. Let's not dwell on the fact that I'm to blame for this right. shit. Let's talk about how wise I am that I caught on to it a month but ago. But I think a lot of this goes back to what you were talking about earlier this week with Laura Logan's Deep Throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. had the book, yes. with, which was going to be published by CBS and, and Mary CBS, Madeline. Mary Madeline's uh, division of the book, the book company. That CBS owns owns Simon & Schuster. Simon & Schuster has a wingnut imprint Mm -hmm. that they gave her to play with called Threshold Editions. And she can can call Glenn Beck and say, and she published Glenn Beck's book. She does. And and Carl Rove. Rove. And Dick Cheney. And Mark Levin. Every other awful. All the A-listers. All the people that Regnery, they'll make too much money. Regnery can't afford them. That's Mary right. Madeline can afford them, and CBS and can afford them. And she'll give them a nice, a nice Simon and Schuster cover, and and legitimize them. The whole totally legitimize of, of, yeah. of this is to legitimize people who should absolutely be be exiled in jail, from this some of them. Not yes, yeah. And but that's not going to happen because there's way too much money behind it. But so then Laura Logan's there's marketing books. Wrote. This is what I wanted to get into. There's marketing books, and so you have to market to segments of the population. You can't just market a book like this. So you have to yeah. go on The Daily Show to market to the young liberals. You have to go on Glenn Beck to market to the crazies. You have to go on, be Doris Kearns Goodwin sucking up to the both sides do it crowd on uh, Meet the Press. And it is so craven that all yes. you're doing is selling Christmas gifts that are not going to be read by anybody. Yeah, really. To- by going on these marketing junkets, and that's it. That's the whole game. Well, and I mean, there are organizations from Scientologists <laughs> to a certain former Speaker of the House who who get paid, who got money by just bulk selling their books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the one of the ways that that people that Scientologists keep L. Ron Hubbard's name in the headlines is by bulk buying his yeah, books yeah. and and forcing them into the bestseller list over and over again. Uh, I think it was 
it might have been Jim Wright, but I might be right, wrong about that. Wouldn't it be ironic if I were wrong about Wright? Um, <laughs> who got in trouble because people were buying pallet trucks of his books. Uh, it was essentially legalized bribery. Oh, yes, we'd love to buy 30,000 copies of your book. Here is a very large check. This is not a bribe in any way. We just love your damn book. And that's – it's a way of – it's it's wingnut welfare. It's a way of funneling money to people that you and, – and it would be harmless. It would just be buying stuff on QVC if the subtext for most of these clowns wasn't. I had nothing to do with it. The history of the 20th and 21st century – uh, began on January 2009 that there was no Southern strategy. Because what they're doing is, I mean, I seriously believe this, especially David Brooks, is very, very consciously rewriting American history of the last 40 years. So there is no Jerry Falwell. Right. There is no Pat Robertson. Right. There is no Rush Limbaugh. There is no Phyllis Schlafly. And if you look at the shit David Brooks writes for the New York Times, none of those people exist. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this sort of heroic struggle between Whigs and crazy liberals from the 60s, mm -hmm. and both sides are usually pretty wrong about everything, and if we could all just get along and be more modest in our expectations. And nobody brings up the fact that David Brooks built his career slandering liberals for Bill Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the person who most doesn't bring it up is David Brooks. <laughs> and he, but <laughs> and he's the platform. <laughs> he is the platform. And the people who never, ever mention it are all David Brooks's friends, because that would fuck up their theory that none of them had anything to do with that awful thing that happened before Barack Obama was president that we're all agreeing we're not going to talk about because now we're going to talk about Obama's Katrina. We are, and, and they've actually gone there. Yeah, the, New York the Times. The right wing has gone there and said, this is just, Obamacare's just like Katrina. It is, Obama's <laughs> Katrina. And I you hate will see, these people! You will see me reposting something. Uh, I wrote in t September 2005, later today or tomorrow. About Katrina? Uh, you remember uh, I did a post a long, long time ago called uh, "Us and Them." No. Oh, it was it, it was it was the first. It was a slideshow. It was the first one I did that made kind of a big splash, and I'll be reposting it because I've just had it. This yeah. this this constant self lobotomizing yep. that these people conduct so that they 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 again the party of personal responsibility takes no personal responsibility for anything for they anything did. They did. Yep. And all the centrist assholes like David Gregory help them do it. They drive the getaway car. They Anytime it comes up, it's both sides. Anytime it comes up, it's some hippie somewhere. Anytime it comes up, it's, well, the 60s were bad too. Yeah. And and it's that Joe Scarborough, yes, well, let's get back to the bigger yeah, picture right. about how liberals are to blame for all mm -hmm. of this shit too. Mm -hmm. And it's so – And Barack Obama is helping them too. President is. Obama is helping them right now and it's pissing yeah. me off. It really is. Uh, it I, this extension of the shitty policies, shitty healthcare policies, is really uh, stupid. stupid and a cave. And right. if I were in charge, which I'm not, I yeah. would be putting blowing up those letters from the insurance companies and putting them on a easel behind me. Like mission accomplished. Big red pen circling huh. the lies, underlining yeah. the lies, and saying, now that I've circled the 10 lies that are in this letter from an insurance company that has been ripping off this person for as long mm -hmm. as she's had this policy, and he, they are wanting to continue to rip off this person, this client of theirs, I'm going to have the Department of Justice investigate them for mail fraud. Yeah. Because they yeah. have not, they have by omission prevented Why? this customer of theirs from knowing their options well they've jerked their people around they've jerked their customers around and blamed me and now 
you know, this is what happens when you let private insurance continue to sell private insurance. This right. is what liberals you, have been trying to say all along. Where's the public yeah. option? Where's Medicare for all? We're not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sick of being right about this stuff. I know. But, I know. And I I understand what is possible and what isn't, and that we have to be pragmatic, and it, that certain things were not going to pass. But it's like you said earlier to me earlier this week. You said, you know, why didn't we leave public option on the table long enough so that we could get more change than we got? Yes. Well, this this is you know this is the two cardinal fail three cardinal failures of of this rollout. And there was a technology problem, and that's true. But this idea, this this constant, almost I don't know I don't know how to describe it. This, this blind spot, this this continued pretense on the part of Barack Obama that the Republican Party is not delighted to set him on fire and wa- and piss on his ashes. And will do everything they can possibly do to wreck him yeah. um, is absurd. Grant them anything, and they're going to use it to kill yeah. you. Give them any sharp object, they're going to stick it in your back. Well, and Stop this morning there's some it. Tea Party candidates saying that this creates a constitutional crisis because Barack Obama wants to fix Obamacare, and he doesn't have the constitutional authority right. to do it. So maybe we should maybe we should impeach it. <laughs> and, and I'm laughing said, because if I don't laugh, I'll I know. scream. Well, and the second is the, the general theory that none of these problems existed before the government created this mechanism that allows you to shop right. is such an incredibly gigantic lie. Yeah, everyone's just I, we have shaken the etch a sketch on the the insurance industry and said I worked for the insurance was perfect industry before this. I worked for the insurance industry. I worked for a couple of companies in the insurance industry and. Trust me when I tell one large, one small, one still in existence, one gone. Trust me when I tell you the the idea that denying people coverage or suddenly jacking up your rates or suddenly just jerking your 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 the rug out from underneath mm-hmm. you or sending people out to find reasons to deny you coverage so that you die is or just is, so that is, you pay. I mean, right. it's not even it's it's always about who pays and. I mean, I've had the situation of thinking I had a broken bone in my foot and uh-huh. calling the doctor on a Friday afternoon to say, I think I've broken a bone in my foot. I'm in a lot of pain. Please hold. And I say, no, I'm not going to hold. Tell me what to do. I'm, call- uh-huh. I'm on the phone with my primary care physician. I have insurance. I have a HMO, et cetera. This was back in the day when I had health coverage. And I would not hang up on that nurse. I just... I was in too much pain to hang up. You have to tell me, should I come into your office? Should I go to the ER? And she was so frustrated with me that she interrupted the doctor and the doctor said, oh yeah, I'll just send her to the ER. Well, the insurance company, I did. And I got an x-ray and I was fine and wrapped it up and iced it and that wasn't broken and so forth. But then get a letter from the insurance company. Well, you weren't authorized to go to the ER. There was no reference. There was no paperwork on that. You're not allowed to go there. And so you have to pay $700 for this ER visit. Well, I documented everything. And this is why a letter from your insurance company, for most people that's typed in on insurance company letterhead, is gospel. That's everything in it must be true. Because Because it's in the mail, first of all. And we trust that people aren't committing mail fraud, right? They couldn't couldn't just lie. Corporations aren't lying to us. And I won. I mean, I won because I had documentation of everything that I'd done and who I talked to and 
I knew better than to not write down the name of the nurse and the time and everything else so that I'd have proof. But the idea that you have to be that suspicious of your own doctor's office, that you write down who you spoke to and keep records of all these things. This is what people do every day. They keep records of everything so that they can defend themselves and not have to be screwed by their insurance company. And And as as you know, if you watch Sicko, Michael Moore, Sicko, um, there are armies of people at insurance companies whose sole job it is to find a way to make sure you don't get what you paid for. And the advantage to them is they get promoted for that. Yes. So So there is a The idea that crooked insurance companies are crooked is coming as a surprise to certain people. Well, they're just amoral. They exist to make maximize profit and minimize the amount of money they pay out in claims. And Rachel Maddow has said that four years ago. You know, she said corporations in general, not just insurance companies, corporations are just machines. They're amoral machines. And it's the role of government and the people to rein that machine in so that it doesn't hurt people on the path to profit. Yeah. And so the idea that that you gave that profit-eating machine that exists to – pay as little as possible, screw you as much as possible, and make as much profit as possible. You gave them a couple of years warning that they could sell these churn and burn policies Mm -hmm. and take people's money and then drop them and then blame you for it. Right. uh, Is not exactly a surprise to anyone. My question is what happens if someone says, well, I like my shitty insurance and they keep it and they get sick and wind up losing their house. Then it's thanks, Obama. Is that what we're going to do? No. That person will never find a microphone at Fox News. Yeah, no. That person will never be heard from. The only people who are allowed to go on television now are the fraction of a fraction of a percent of people who feel they've been shafted by the liar in the White House who told them they could keep their policy no matter what happened, even though the only system – and he did say that – but the only system under which you could possibly guarantee that is single payer. right. Because if you're depending on for-profit insurance companies who have changed your policy every yes. year for the last 20 years, exactly. yeah. then the idea that if you would like the federal government to force them to never change anything and only give you what you want and blah, 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 great. That's called Medicare. Mm-hmm. Let's have that for everybody. Oh, we can't do that because that's socialism. All right. Then we have this free market solution. And as uh, as uh, Steve Kornacki, I think, has been pointing out, and a couple of people on MSNBC have been pointing out, the reason this worked in, in Massachusetts, which had a slow, crappy rollout, mm-hmm. people waited until the last minute to sign up, is because nobody, once it was, in, once it was enacted into law, nobody had a vested interest in, in watching everything that happened. And every little glitch, every little bump, every time it didn't quite meet expectations for this week or this month, that became the end of the republic. Yeah. It became a disaster that we need to impeach the governor and roll it back because it's a disaster that will kill us all. Because once it was the law, it was like, okay, let's make this thing work. And Republicans and Democrats – yes, there are Republicans in Massachusetts. And there are. Well, Um, there was – Mitt Romney was the Republican in Massachusetts who made this happen. But but even the law's opponents got together and made it work. The idea – but the whole concept behind the last month – Driftless, there created... was bitching about it, and there still is bitching sure. about it. Of there course are people there in Massachusetts who pay a lot for insurance yes, and don't I'm like sure it, don't like having to pay a lot for health insurance. There are people, there are millionaires who pay a dollar in taxes and don't like that either. They don't like, but Suck they don't it. like that they have to pay full price for health insurance in Massachusetts. Right. right. Suck <laughs> it. Sorry. 
I'm sorry. You're one of the losers. You get to lose. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. If you'd prefer single payer, we can go do that. Shall we talk about Because that's the only conversation no, we should I'm be having. I'm paying 15% capital yeah. gains taxes on my insurance company stock. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah. See, there's the thing. The only conversation we should be having right now is do we keep and try to fix this complicated hybrid bastard system that tries to make for-profit companies part of the equation, or do we just go to single-payer? That's the only conversation liberals should be having right now. now. And, oh, you're right, it is broken. We should go to single-payer. One page. You know, here's here's your paper, sign at the bottom, you're done. And you're done. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's it. And But that's not the conversation we're having because there's an entire industry. There's an entire media that that is invested in insurance. Creating panic. Well, insurance, but creating panic that that has – that have demonstrated going back to the Clinton administration that there's absolutely nothing a Democrat in the White House can do that they will not try to impeach you yep. for it or make into the end of the world as you know it. And if we don't have a scandal, we'll invent some scandals. And we'll spend a lot of money, a ton of billionaire crackpot money, making scandals up and making you respond to Benghazi and IRS and Fast and Furious and Acorn and on and on and on. We're just going to keep doing that until a real problem comes along. And then we can throw up our hands and say, we told you. We told you. He's an incompetent monster who's trying to destroy America. And you know who you know who got the biggest gift this week? Because now it's just panic peddling. Mm-hmm. Now it's trying to freak out cowardly blue dog Democrats into de- and what And who Obama won the big had, present this week? Uh the big present this week was was a gift that John McCain gave to Ted Cruz. Yep. yep. Because John McCain, you know, Senator Winsock who said it's crazy to talk about repealing this. That's just crazy. The cuckoo birds who has now said, yeah, I'm in favor of repealing yeah. it. And first of all, I don't care what John McCain thinks about anything ever. Yeah, I know. But secondly, that gave Glenn Beck and Ted Cruz and the rest of the nut jobs the opening to say, see? Even John McCain agrees. With we him. were right. Yeah. And John McCain was wrong. Even John McCain finally admits that Ted Cruz is brilliant <laughs> and insightful. He is the prophet of our generation, Blue Gal. And what you never want to give a a, a megalomaniac, yeah, megalomaniac is the ability to say, "I foresaw this. <laughs> I saw this comic. You can trust me now. Drink the Kool Aid. Lay down. You'll feel better." Yeah. And that's what John McCain gave to Ted Cruz this week. And that's what that's what responding to panic peddling, which is all this mm-hmm. is, is giving to the Republican Party. And the reason I swear to God, the reason for this is a certainly the Republican Party is a degenerate monster that needs to be put to sleep. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And and I will never be discussed in our media. Mm -hmm. They need both the Republican Party and Doris Kearns Mm -hmm. (laughs) Goodman, our centrist friends, need Barack Obama to be as awful as George Bush. Isn't that true? Yeah. Somehow, some way, we so need Obamacare to be Obamacare say- that's designed to actually get more people insured at a reasonable yep. cost is the same as letting people die in a hurricane in New Orleans. Yeah. Or lying us into the wrong war and yeah. then botching Yeah, them. because, you know, how is anyone ever going to trust Barack Obama again when he said that you could keep your WMDs if you like them? So- so the, the, at, the, at the meta level, at the, at the looking down at the earth from orbit level, we need Barack Obama to justify our bullshit centrist theories of alternate reality and alternate history. We need, at the end of the day, Barack Obama to be as bad as George yep, Bush. Yep. And we've been throwing everything at him but the kitchen sink and nothing sticks. Finally, he screwed up. He, he rolled out a website that was glitchy. That's right. <laughs> a glitchy website. 
roll out a glitch. He did. And now he's apologizing for it. And I'm sorry. but It just pisses me off. That's, you know, great. That's I'm 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 mad at him for not going ballistic. I'm mad at him for not going after insurance companies that canceled policies and blamed him for it. Instead, he's throwing himself on the mercy of Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. And congratulations. That's worked really well so far. Yeah. And remember, every time, every time you've tried this, every time you've tried to make peace with the right, they have ripped your guts out. Light another Roman candle and throw it at you. Yeah. Why do you keep doing this? You know, you have a few years left. Spend the next three years beating them into the ground. Go go county to county talking about the degenerate monsters who've taken the party of Lincoln and turned it into the party of Jefferson Davis. And isn't it a shame that they've screwed up this country so badly? And just don't stop talking about that, at least until 2014. Mm-hmm. You're not a tech guy. You don't know where the code – by the way, the whole technology part of this mm-hmm. – about insurance companies crying about how hard it's going to be. That's bullshit. bullshit. I, I I can tell you as a fact, at least the companies I work for, that's just complete bullshit. They've got it insurance, all on disk. Everything, every companies, customer they've ever had, every claim that's ever been made. They have to. Yeah. Insurance, insurance companies I've worked for had backups every month, backups a year, and the critical backups were sent to salt mines or other warehouses offsite for disaster recovery. Mm-hmm. They have all the people out there. And the software, I don't know if you know this, Blue Gal, they don't do this stuff on chalkboards. No. And then have <laughs> and bad, it. Oh, no. Them. Wait. I wrote this on an Etch-A-Sketch. Oh, they somebody have, bumped it. Usually, they, have, they have usually computer programs that are 30 years old. They're patched, patched, patched that they keep changing or tweaking or adding to. And when you add or take something away, you comment it out or you you create a new version. But rolling it back to a previous version it's and then making sure hard. any changes. Yes. It, well, you have project logs full of everything you've done and touched, everything you've changed. It has to be proved and countersigned by somebody. There's a completely clear record of how you got from canceling these policies back to where they were two months yep. ago. Yep. That is not it can be done exactly in a weekend. It can be done in a weekend. Me and my crew could have do it. Could have done it. We would tell you it takes a week because we love being heroes. <laughs> we but got it done frankly, by Monday, sir. <laughs> frankly, a couple of bags of Doritos, some Jolt Cola, and and some blasting death metal. <laughs> we could do it in four hours. Hey, we got to change gears here. Yep. Yep. I'm mad. The soul of the Democratic Party belongs to Elizabeth Warren, so Hillary Clinton is just shit out of luck. Sorry, Hillary. Women are fungible. We can just we can just swap them out, and then it'll be okay. Uh, unless you're Rob Ford, and then you just got to eat at home. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I did want to get that in there. But this this idea that Elizabeth Warren should run for president instead of Hillary Clinton, because then that that would mean that the Democrats are just as divided as the Republicans. That's exactly I, where they're going with this. I have two Barbies, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. And, <laughs> oh, look, G.I. Joe, it's G.I. Joe, and he's got a kung fu grip. Yeah. 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 And it's playing with dolls. It's playing, it's playing with playing hypothetical. As dolls. Exactly. And you bash them together and, oh, look at how they're fighting now. And, and, and it's bad enough that they stole your Photoshop and made it. They did. Well, the New Republic show stole my Republic. They They didn't steal <laughs> it. They borrowed it from the same source I borrowed it from four years later. <laughs> and they that was the thing. I, they, they took the – there's a, an interview apparently in the New Republic about the artist's thinking on the subject. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this thing, we did this thing, we recreated the movie poster from this movie, which is great. If you want to have the artist musing about his his how he came to the place that he created this, that's fine. But if you want the gag to work, you have to tie <laughs> you have to tie 
your graphic art to the movie from which you are stealing it from 1999 that probably nobody remembers or very few people remember, which I did and they didn't do. And all I did was I put an open letter out in my blog going, look, I did this eight years ago or four years ago, five years ago. I did it fast. I did it on deadline. It was funny. And it actually made sense. <laughs> it actually, being John Maverick yes. makes sense in, in, in the context of being John Malkovich. Yeah, because you wanted to try. He wanted to try to be someone else. A bunch of people holding up Elizabeth Warren masks. Makes no sense. In the same and saying Hillary's nightmare doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't, it does the punchline is not there. And you're not, and I don't care what the artist says about it in a different article. It doesn't work. And if you would just pay me, I could save you from these little errors, these little glitches, these little mistakes. I could salvage those things. I could loan you some of my vast catalog of graphics I've already done. And, uh, but, you know, that's just to me putting my resume out there. I did get one very funny uh, comment about that. Yeah. Which was, you wanting a job is the problem, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole corporate thing you're buying into. Don't you realize that's the problem? You wanting a job with these people, you're going to just sell out. That's you. Absolutely. Because, you know, the New Republic is just, you know, doing graphics for a a second-tier magazine is exactly the same as being someone who promotes a war in Iraq, for example. (laughs) Exactly the same. There was no, but yeah, if, apparently you have any job anywhere with anybody who has incorporated themselves, you're part of the problem. Uh-huh. You know, on your ninth or tenth bong, I wish you happy, happy thoughts, and and I wish you well. I I want to I want to end our podcast with a paragraph that was written to us by Michael. So Michael wrote. It's been a while, but I had an excuse to write again finally. I just increased my monthly PayPal donation subscription to you folks, and I wanted to let you know why. I've been listening to several other liberal left-wing podcasts now and then, and I must say that out of all the casts I subscribe to, only you have produced yours without any breaks of any kind, even with a wedding involved (laughs) and I think surgery too, for Pete's sake. In all that time, you have made only brief low-key requests for donations. Compare and contrast to certain other actual professional pundits who do very good shows but must pepper them throughout with commercials. And also, when they're not doing that, they're asking for donations, typically by way of subscribing to bonus content. I don't disagree or fault with them for doing that. I think the bonus cast is a reasonable way to offer people free content and hopefully get paid for one's efforts. But you guys do not resort to that, and I hugely appreciate it. Thus, I have decided to finally up the ante. You deserve it. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Michael. And and we thought about that. We did have bonus stuff, and we were trying it, and it just we don't have time. We have three children, so we really that we are committed to educating yeah. and doing other th- spending time. Well, with, so there's, there's a whole lot of other stuff that we do. We do that. Um, and, uh, we getting one show out a week is every week is our commitment community, and community based stuff. And oh yeah. Ch- church stuff and frankly, you know, stuff that we really value yeah, great, greatly, yeah, but just is an enormous, uh, we try to suck. make the world a better place on lots of different levels. Ah. But this is one, this is, this show is important to us and doing it every yeah. week is important to us. And we've committed to do this until it stops being until fun. Until it stops being fun. And it has been frustrating from time to time just because of scheduling, but it's never not been fun. Yeah. By the way, Lou Gal, a couple of other people who have written books. Uh, I should really try that. I should write a couple of really bad books and see if I can just retire. <laughs> well, I told retire. you the Benghazi Christmas sweater would be perfect. I, I've made up some stories for the kids. And actually, you know who I heard last night on the radio, completely aside, 
Roald Dahl's children. Oh my gosh, Rob. Talking to, and and him being interviewed about how he came up with his children's stories. And he says, you know, I, I used to tell my my girls, my kids stories. And, you know, so there were an awful lot of bad ones, but every now and then it'd be a good one. And they'd ask the next night for, tell me more about the giant peach. <laughs> and so he said, well, okay, that's cool. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. And he eventually put it all together as James and the giant peach. Yeah. And, and he, but they started off as stories he told his kids. Yeah, yeah. But the way he made his money, I didn't realize this, screenplays. He would do screenplay adaptations. He did You Only Live Twice. Oh, wow. Oh, he wow. did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow. And he said he hated it because it was deadline. He hated writing on deadline, but it, it paid it the bills. bills yeah. yeah. And he was married to uh He was married to that actress. Patricia Neal. Yeah. Patricia Neal. See, NPR can be useful sometimes. It's yeah, nice to play Republican. They had but... they had a tough time because she had she was ill and had problems. Yeah. So But yeah. he had to make money and he did it by cranking out books. So people other people I failed to mention who had books, the rodent like Scott Walker. Uh, governor of Wisconsin. Oh yeah, has a book. he's pimping his book in Iowa. I hear. And and, <laughs> and this is sort of the the the, the really the, the cherry on top. Crazy ass Alan West. Alan West has a book out called Guardian of the Republic. Who published it? I have no. I'm oh, guessing. We're gonna find out. I'm guessing it's. <laughs> I'm guessing one of two places. Yeah, I. Threshold I, I Editions or Regnery Press. Guardian um, of the Republic, with him sitting there on a motorcycle with a a. a flaming skull helmet looking like there's no one but me to defend you from an the American country. Ronin's journey to faith, family, and freedom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he is See? sitting there on a motorcycle with a helmet with the American. It's uncensored. Yeah. I'm missing the boat here, Blue Gal. Really. You are. I need to just be a conservative about two days a week. <laughs> and I would just, I would never worry about money again. Okay, the publisher is Crown Forum, which is a division of, hold on a minute, Random House. It's, All right. It's Random House's conservative wing, the Crown Publishing Group, leading publisher of politically conservative authors. Oh, that's one more place to send my, my first two chapters of Liberals, The Menace Within. <laughs> you know who they publish? Oh. Charles Krauthammer and Ken Cuccinelli. <laughs> Charles Murray. Oh, David yeah. David Horowitz. Yeah. Ann Coulter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. If you wonder, if you wonder how these people continue to show up as opinion leaders, as opinion formers of any kind. I saw Ann Coulter. I was breezing past CNN. I saw her there the other night. If you continue to wonder how on God's earth do these people continue to float to the top and get camera time? I don't begrudge anybody fame and fortune being on television for lots of reasons. But these people have no business in the public square at all except selling corn dogs. I mean, there's just – there's no reason for them to be there. And you look like, oh, it's wingnut welfare. It, it, it it's just a way is. of distributing money to crazy people to pimp crazy opinions that then you can put on your crazy TV show and, and treat them as if they're serious authors. And there's such an enormous amount of money behind this. That's what just that's kills it. me. That's it. There's such a, telling people what they want to hear. Yes. And, uh, and and they publish they publish another book, Driftglass. Are you ready uh -huh. for this? I, I maybe it's not. By, go ahead. By historian, and I use yeah. that term very loosely. Yeah. Bevan Alexander. Uh huh. His real name, I assume. Yes. Who how makes the, that up? How the South could have won the Civil War. Yeah. The I, I read that book. That it's called to... Guns of the South. <laughs> 
it's a very good book, but it's called Science Fiction. <laughs> also, Bring the Jubilee is a pretty good alternate American history, uh, Civil if War history. If only Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee had listened to Stonewall Jackson. If only. Everything would have been great. <laughs> and I, my alternate, of course, is if only Sherman had had tactical nuclear weapons. <laughs> it just kept going. But, you know, that's just science fiction, honey. That's uh, that's what pays the bills. So, yeah, there's an there's all these avenues for delivering money to your crazy wingnut spokespeople yeah. that that are just invisible. If you just read a newspaper or just flip on the television and see these nut jobs espousing these ludicrous opinions, how do they get there? Well, they get there because there's a shitload of money. Yeah being pumped into their pockets to keep them eating and keep them working and keep them out there delivering that message because that message is very profitable and very valuable to crazy right-wing billionaire nut jobs like the Koch brothers yeah. and people yeah. like that. That's how it works. It's just money. And then they keep throwing money at, at people like this and we end up with Barack Obama having to apologize for a glitchy website. A glitchy because, website because it's just as bad as Katrina. Because it's just as bad as Katrina. And that opinion gets a place in the New York Times and on television yeah. and yeah. not scrawled on the shithouse wall in a bus station. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Sam, who is also dressed as his alter ego, Super Sam. That is not a Photoshop. He's adorable. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. We love hearing from you. Feel free to write us. Be aware that if you write us at that address, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions. Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Yay. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the internet kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, this week the internet kitties would like to offer a rare apology. It seems their story about a kitten fighting 80 ninjas to the death to save Lady Gaga was not entirely accurate let's think about living let's think about loving let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving lovey dovey let's forget about the wine and the crying the shooting and the dying and the fellow with a switchblade knife let's think about living let's think about life the professional life podcast is recorded under a creative commons license copyright 2013 drift glass blue gal podcast Minecraft is awesome. Now it's time for Science Fiction University with our science fiction expert, Jeff Glass. For Science Fiction University, we just have an exchange that you had with Ten Grain. Yes. And uh, Ten Grain asked you, in a nuclear wasteland dystopian future, a group of young people roller skate to freedom. Yes. What is the name of the movie? And you didn't know. I couldn't. I couldn't get it. You couldn't get it. I kept getting close. I thought it might be Damnation Alley, uh-huh. which features some of the best giant cockroach action you're ever going to see. <laughs> which I believe they remade for reasons that just completely passeth all understanding, other than somebody with a lot of drugs in their system got a lot of money and said, you know what would be really cool? Let's make this really crappy movie. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Unless you think I'm kidding. A, a friend of mine um, back in the Chicago days uh, got a job working on a movie largely on the basis of his ability to find floppy disks at two in the morning. And uh, he's a good writer, but he got involved in a movie that was being shot at an abandoned hospital. And I, I often wondered how such movies got made, who, who in the world would make them. In this case, there was a person who was probably on the wrong side of the law, who was paying his people with a fat wad of 
cash at the end of every yeah, day. Twenties at the end yeah. of the day. Oh, twenties, honey. <laughs> hundreds, this, man hundreds. this man doesn't light his crack pipe with twenties. <laughs> but he would peel off a, a nice thick wad and pay off the, the. And it was like six week, you know, whatever it is, in an yeah. abandoned building that somebody had access to, in an abandoned hospital. But it was a complete, total vanity project, yeah. which everybody got paid for. But it was this guy with a shitload of money that he got probably selling in things cash. selling <laughs> in cash. He wanted to make a movie. And there's a bunch of people who were out of work and, you know, all perpetually out of work. said, sure, we'll put together a script for you and we'll do the thing and bring coffee and we'll make a movie. So to some degree, it, the, the threshold for entry, the barrier to entry to making bad movies is not as high as you might think. Anyway, speaking of solar babies, bad politics is apparently very high. Yeah. Um, But we'll get into that in the podcast. So this movie that 10 grain brought up is solar babies. Yeah. And so we went to look at some YouTubes of solar babies and oh my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was something else. But the follow up question 10 grain had was who or what are Bodai B O H D A I. Yes. And it's the magical orb that, yeah, that you're smoking. You roll you no, you roll around like a um, what is that toy they have now that that is a plastic ball that people roll around like a yo-yo. Fushigi. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I never watched Solar Babies. I I uh, and I threw I threw back at him. Manos, the hands of fate. What is that movie about? Uh, it's about ninety minutes long. <laughs> I've got. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Actually, it was made for nineteen thousand dollars, and Torgo succumbs to the hypnotic spell of the master, and bad things happen. It it's just bad. It's just bad from start to finish. It is one of those things you throw on along with the devil's reign, when you just want to show people this is what a bad movie looks like. We're, we're actually having that discussion with uh, Junior Dude. Yeah. Yeah. About movies that are bad, and then movies that are so bad that are they become legendary, and the movies that are try to be bad on purpose, which is basically what sci-fi does these days. Right. right. Various animal combinations, and they throw them at big-titted women and idiots on beaches, and and that's the movie. Um, but at least there's a plan, and they have uh, apparently the props. They have like one. Jet ski, they have one school bus, they have some army equipment, they have a room full of blinking lights, and they have access to somebody's beachfront property. And they just keep recycling them over and over again using a variety yep. of CGI, yep. and yep. boom, movies. And people get a vacation with women in bikinis who yeah. are going to be stars someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who all look somewhat similar to other famous people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get me a Chris Christopherson type. And they're out there. Yeah. Sure they are. The ho- Hollywood is full of, you know, Hollywood, Chicago, New York are full of out-of-work actors who, you know, who are going to get that part in the hemorrhoid commercial. <laughs> Mom, look. And, a part and in you the- throw a couple of bucks at them and you, yeah. you, you have. And also I was talking to Middle Child about, in sort of semi-seriously, that you really can make a movie these days yeah. with equipment that you probably have access to in your immediate vicinity. You can make a movie. And uh, a lot of young Steven Spielberg's out there. So there, there is a whole bunch of crap being produced because, as Sturgeon's Law dictates, Science Fiction University, 90% of everything is crap. But giving artists cheaper and better tools to, to realize their visions is always a good thing. It so, is. Fushigi, as seen on TV, that you roll around your finger. It's got the mirror and the and, – and that's definitely what they're doing in this movie, Solar Babies. But the best orb in movies, the best green orb in movies, had to be the thing from uh, 
Heavy Metal. Oh. The animated Heavy Metal movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Now, it might have been because I saw it in a drive-in when I was 17, and I might have been, you know, 18, whatever it was, maybe 19, maybe 20. I was young. It was at a drive-in. There were a lot of people there, and I remember distinctly enjoying it thoroughly, but that might have been a result of something we were doing in the car that was not strictly movie related. <laughs> Good soundtrack, too. Yeah. My favorite orb is the one in Sleeper. I got to say. Send in your favorite orbs, people. Yes. <laughs> and we'll even include the, the little beach ball with feet that was in the John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah. A Dark Star. There you go. Any orb or orb-related creatures yeah. that are in a science fiction or, or even horror movie that might be considered science fiction. Send in your favorite orb. And oh, we'll... and, and uh, youngest child, let's, let's include all the children in yes. this one, is now reading a book, and she says it's science fiction. Really? And I said, really? Yeah, it's about a rabbit. Uh-huh. And I said, in space? And she said, no, the rabbit is a vampire. Uh-huh. That might not technically be science fiction. I tend to try to not disappoint children until they're in their teens. I see. All right. Well, she's not in her teens yet. No. So, banicula. Her... It's banicula. I'm going to let her think whatever she wants about science. <laughs> about banicula? Okay. Yeah. You know, she she laughs and she giggles, and I, yeah. I just go, oh. So, what, yeah. whatever you want, darling. And she's reading. She's reading so, like crazy. She's yeah. plowing through piles of books. Really fast. Really collecting remember. more books than she's reading, but she yeah. is reading. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Drift Class. My pleasure, Blue Gap. Send in your orbs. Send in your send orbs. In your, send in your favorite, an example of your favorite orb via email. Please do not mail us orbs. We do not need any orbs. But uh-huh. send us uh, your orbs via email. We'd be happy to hear about them. And thank you, Drift Glass. You're welcome, Blue Gap. <laughs> <laughs>